It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Yeah, we're going to have to bring this up to Xavier Pope when we talk to him next. You had to walk out really quickly. I was really disappointed by his answer when I asked him, are you down with exploiting rules as a head coach of a children's team? He gave me some, like, righteous answer about, like, you know, doing the right thing for your kids. Yeah, when? I mean, that's what I, that's what I feel. Yeah. Look, we're also... You shamed me. I, I, mean, I, I was also, like, all right, let's move on. I let's also move. think we should be clear when we talk about this. Welcome in, Reno, to this the middle of this <laughs> heated debate. We should be clear when we talk about this. We're not talking about cheating. No, exploiting rules. We're is- talking about learning the rules, reading the rules, and especially tournament to tournament, league to league, they're all different. Read the rules, understand the rules, and then take advantage of those rules to your benefit. Right. Like, that's a good lesson for life. That's what life is. Exploiting rules is just that. You are using the rules to their utmost. Right. Like, we're not We're not agree. talking about breaking the rules. That's Correct. different. It's all within structure. Yes. And if I got to be in a kid in a head to do it, I got to do it. If you're a kid. Right. Well, yeah, of course. That's how the other <laughs> let's be, Not as the adult. Let's be clear on this. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Four at Four. Number Four. All right, so you called me yesterday, and I have to say, one of the things that I hate that my body does, I hate hiccups. Like, I get, ask Isabel, I don't get them often, but I get, like, kind of violent hiccups where they're really high pitched. Why would I ask her? I believe you. And, and like, you no, know, just about my anger. <laughs> like, it, they're bad. I hate when I get hiccups, and I don't get them often, but it, like, it lights a rage inside of me like none I've ever felt before when I get hiccups. And if they last more than, like, two or three minutes, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I just, I'm done for the day. A year? Bo Jackson's been doing this for a year? A year. We talked about this a little yesterday. Send me to the great beyond. I don't. I would not be able to handle it, no. like at all, at all. I would be. I would be done. Now I don't. Again, we have. We don't have clarity yet, because I'm, I'm sure there was going to be some massive follow up to Bo Jackson if he wants to talk about this. Like, how often is it happening? Yeah, because I listened to the interview. He didn't hiccup one time in the clip that I heard, and it was yeah, only thirty seconds. But it has to look. It has to be a lot. I don't think anybody's questioning the toughness of Bo Jackson. No, of course It has to be a lot to not only seek medical attention, but also have the the medical community baffled to the point of, like, we don't know, man. We're going to try to go in there and try to figure this out. We're just going to operate on you and see what we can find in there. I I love the optics of doctors in, like, white coats, like, boo! Like, scaring Bo Jackson and trying to do, like, all of these ridiculous things. Eat this spoonful of mustard. Well, you saw the smell of porcupine's butt, too, right? Yes, that, that was, was one the, of them. That was one of the things he said. Which, I don't know who came up with that. Was that something he said out of desperation when he was just, like, you know, like trying to exaggerate all the things that he's done? No, I or have do a feeling. do you think there was, like, somebody with a degree who was like, I've got it? No, no, no. I think what he was, I, I think that was one of the people without a degree. I think that was one of the, oh, okay, okay. like, you're just, you're in, because as we learned yesterday, everyone believes they have the cure for hiccups. Even... A simpleton like Ari. A simpleton. But everyone believes, oh, no, my cure. I've got the cure. Everyone believes they have one. So I'm sure he was, like, at a party or something, and he's like, I have to go. I've, the hiccups are acting up again. I can't be around here. He didn't go to, like, the the Frank Thomas enshrinement ceremony because he had a bad bout of the hiccups. So just it's, silence, clearly, you just hear. it's clearly <laughs> affecting his life. <laughs> so he, 
Sorry, I don't mean that. We shouldn't do it. Shouldn't You're making fun of a serious medical condition right Very now. True. So, I, fe- I mean, I feel like he was probably like at a party. He's like, I've, I've got to go. I've, I've got. Hiccups. They're, they're, they're acting up again. And the, somebody was like, oh, no, no, here. Go out, go out and get you a porcupine. That's right. that's south. That's Alabama. Get you a porcupine and smell the butt. It'll make it go away. All right, I'll try anything. He's willing to try anything. My grandpappy made me do it. But as, as we said yesterday, for those that weren't listening, Ari hears this story that he has to have, that Bo Jackson have to have, has to have medical intervention for this worst case of hiccups anyone's ever heard of. And Ari's like, oh, I was told once to just put a paper towel over a bottle of water. It works very well. Not okay. for Bo Jackson, it doesn't, man. And here's the thing. I don't believe that remedy because the second you start drinking water through the paper towel, the paper towel breaks because it uh, can't handle the, the you water. Need the, you need the, uh, the strong, the bounty. No, you okay. quicker picker-upper. Wouldn't this be, if you're, if you're bounty and you hear Ari, is this not a great branding opportunity? Right. Of course. ESPN to say, Las Vegas. we're the ones that cured Bo Jackson. Our paper towels are the only one that could handle Drinking guess, water through it that saved Bo Jackson. Guess what? It's not going to work. <laughs> Bono's paper towels. Has has that ever had? Bounty. Can better than doctors. Guys, <laughs> I'll ask you. Have you ever had hiccups and used any one of these old wives' tale cures that actually worked? Uh, the, holding the breath, I think, has worked. I, I do the holding the breath and drinking water. Sure. But I feel like... I do feel like it's a... It's very, it's so frustrating, and when it doesn't, and as you said, you have them a lot. I don't have them that much. I've been near the point of tears before. Of like, I can't. This can't. This has to stop. Can I tell you? <laughs> there was one time when I was taking Diego to school, and he had the hiccups, and so for like a good five minutes, I was just quiet, right? Like I just let like them his music play or whatever, and he's sitting there in the hip- back hiccuping, and like five minutes into the ride, after I've let him like really settle in. I just scream it. Like, I turn and scream at him in a stoplight, like, as loud as I can. And I scared the absolute crap out of him. Like, he jumped. He looked like he was on the verge of tears. And he stopped hiccuping. And we both, I, it was great. It was Did the you first tell him time. what it was for? Yes. And after I explained it Did to him. Did he laugh? Yes. After I explained <laughs> it to him, he's like, why'd you do that? I'm like, are you hiccuping anymore? He goes, no. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's right. That's so, wait, of all the things you could have passed down to your child, you passed down a bad case of hiccups? That's right. And potential autoimmune diseases that run in the Von Tobel family. Number three. So Bob Huggins, um, not fired for dropping an F-bomb of a different sort on a radio show. However, podcasting's a tough kid. And Josh Neighbors, former host of the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Former? Yep. I mean, I feel like I just heard his podcast the other day. Yeah, you did. When he was playing the unedited slur that Bob Huggins decided to drop on radio. Yeah, he's gone. Josh Neighbors, out. So, I um, I 99.999% of the time support broadcasters, and I absolutely will in this case. He has, he, he made the best point he could possibly make. This is news, he's, right? Well, not only news. He said, look, he wasn't fired. He said this. He wasn't fired. I don't want you to hear some watered-down, edited version of what he said. This is a podcast. This is not over terrestrial radio. There's no FCC violation here. I'm going, and he. I think if, if I the parts that I saw, he said, "Look, if you don't want to hear this, don't listen." But I'm going to play what he really said. I'm not going to edit this because I want you to know what he was not fired for saying. Mm-hmm. And here it is, and played it. Fired. It's. 
Do you, can you imagine the insanity of that? I, I, I completely agree. And it is, it's, Adam, you tell me if this is too extreme of a comparison. But it is, it is the same thing that when we see all of these, these mass shootings, right? And people are like, don't post the pictures. Like, no, look what happens. Yeah, look. See what happens when these events, you can't, like, don't you dare sit back and go, you can't show. No, this is real life. Yeah. And it's the same thing here. Like, you can't sit there and say, that's just a word. It's just a word. You should be fired. And then wring your hands and fire the guy for playing exactly what the guy said. Yeah. And, and to your point of, like, we hear about shootings and, and all these awful things happening all the time, and it's just a thing. Oh, it happened again. Oh, it happened again. Here's what happened. This is what happened. You see these people that are dead that will never breathe again, that will never have on the earth, that will never be able to live up to whatever potential they had. That's the result. Mm -hmm. So let's not let's not water it down and oh no, I mean the, the is as awful as it is that you know that video came out the other day of what was happening in Texas and I saw so many people like why would they show this? Nope. Because you just keep ignoring it. This is what it is. Number two, also ignored. Nikola Jokic by Mark Jackson when it came to his MVP ballot. So when the MVP voting came out. Everybody noticed immediately that Jokic got 99 out of 100 votes. That's pretty good. That's ridiculous. He should have gotten 100. Even if you want to play some fifth, that's fine. He's one of the top five candidates. So today, we finally got all of the ballots revealed by Ryder. Mark Jackson of ESPN is the one that did not vote for Nikola Jokic at all in his top five. We have not heard, at least that I've seen, from Mark Jackson yet. This stuff matters. So for people who are going to say... Oh, it's just an award. It matters because you cannot trust Mark Jackson, I think, to accurately vote or take his job seriously as a voter for these awards. And why it matters, I bring this up all the time. These guys' contracts are tied to getting into all NBAs. There's incentives. Just just to, to cut into that, uh, I saw that John Morant not making first-team all-NBA cost him $36 million. Correct. Now, so it's it's a significant amount of money if you don't make all NBA. Yes, and I'm not I'm not going to stick up for John Morant because he missed a lot of time. No, but I'm, I'm just telling people yeah. how valuable it can be to be placed on one of those teams. Thirty six million dollars because he didn't make all NBA. That's why this matters because Mark Jackson has a hand in deciding all of this. Yes, it's only one vote, but you can't trust Mark Jackson. And it's just like, look, I think was it Maria Taylor a few years ago who didn't include Anthony Davis on like an all defensive ballot. Sometimes your mind slips. Who knows. We haven't heard well, can, from Mark Jackson yet. Can, did you have the ballot, his ballot? Yeah. Who do you vote for? Because I do potentially have an explanation if his ballot fell a certain way. Because we, uh, Jokic is not making first-team All-NBA, right? Oh, I didn't see that one. Did because, he? Because I believe in certain awards it goes by position. Yes, it does. Yes. And he can't – so maybe Mark Jackson just didn't think he'd vote for a second center. That's ridiculous. Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Jason Tatum, Shea Gilgis Alexander, and Donovan Mitchell. So he went one for each position. I mean, technically, I think that's what he was doing. Not to defend, I hate Mark Jackson, by the way. Well, he. <laughs> I'll just put that on the record. I would also but say I, I think that's what he was doing. But really quickly, to your point, it doesn't make it any better. Know the rules. Okay. Right, you're a rules guy. Sure. It's MVP. It's not by position. You know that. Sure. You should know. You should. I'll say know that. Yeah. And maybe that's the excuse he'll lean on. But it is ridiculous to look at that and go, he's not one of the top five players this year. That's it, it, you can't, you cannot be serious with that at all. Number one. All right, so you're really going to do this, huh? You're going to play the result. 
Yeah. Lakers had zero chance. They should have rested. No, 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 they no. should have quit. Uh, they, should, they shouldn't have even tried. Said it before the game. That's dumb. You should always try. They had. So I said, not only did I say yesterday that the, the Lakers should rest their starters in this game. It's ridiculous. You know that I am an obsessed Golden State Warriors fan. Have been since the, uh, the day you were born. No, since they were the worst <laughs> team in the league in 2019. I'm an obsessed Warriors fan. I live and die with this team. And I really have been watching every game for a couple years. I said yesterday, not watching the game. Why? Because you knew it was going to happen? That's what I said. I said there was literally a less than 1% chance they were losing that game. So I assume you put a lot of money on the Golden State Warriors yesterday. And Edmonton. <laughs> it was easy. I, you do look, not rest your guys for that game. I think they should have. No. I think they should have. It's and easy I, to say now that they've lost and Anthony Davis is injured. I believe, you do not do I believe what I said two days ago with Willie was that what are you going to do? Because Willie was saying it was ridiculous. It's like you are. I said, what are you going to do when they're down double digits late in the fourth quarter and someone gets hurt? What are you going to do? Wait, did That's you, what I said to him. Uh-huh. Did you also That's say, what I said. What really? do you do if Kevon Looney's hand just wildly flings and hits Anthony Davis no, you, in the head? No, you have no idea. That's why, that's why you should be on the court. Now, there, uh, I, I guess to some degree, sure, you don't sit them out. But I, as I said, I was like, look, I would play them for a half, maybe, and then say, all right, are we completely out of this? There's no way they're playing in the second half. Like we need, right. Rest is more important and health is more important. Game six is our chance to win this series. Let's be ready for game six. I can understand that. But you got to give yourself a shot to win it at the very least and, and then, see but, what happens. But why are they in the fourth quarter? You have 14 points with three minutes left. Why are they in? It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. For those out here in Vegas, we are at Silver 7, so come down, say what's up. We're going to be here until, of course, 6 p.m. Adam Hill and Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for Cofield today, by the way. Amber, uh, Amber Theo Harris is nice enough to give us some time here today. Series XM NFL Radio, NFL Westwood One as well, amongst many other things. Amber, we appreciate the time. So I wanted to ask you, Ab and I were throwing this around in the first hour. Are you excited for NFL schedule day? I kind of don't really get like the, the massive excitement. You know who the opponents are. And unless you're planning trips outside, right, and want to know when these days are going to happen, I don't understand why my timeline is all about these freaking schedules. Like, we knew who they were going to play. <laughs> well, thanks for having me on, guys. First of all, it's, yeah. it's been a minute, so it's great to uh, be back on the show. But, look, as somebody that, you know, was at NFL Network for nine years and kind of saw the genesis of schedule release day where it, it literally would be like, oh, hey, Amber, can you just go down to the set? Uh, the schedule's coming out today. you got to read off the, uh, the matchup. And then it, came, it, it became its own show, and now it's like this whole thing that everybody looks forward to and counts down the days, and you have to give it to the NFL. I mean, kudos to the NFL for making the most boring stuff ever, like a schedule release, an event, because they have now made the NFL a year-round event because it seems like just when you get past, you pass the Super Bowl, then there's free agency, then there's the draft after that, and you're thinking, oh, great, we're all going to go you know, on vacation. Nope, now we've got the schedule release, um, so it just keeps on expanding and expanding, and it has become this big thing, um, and I'm not a big fan of all the hoopla. Just give me the schedule. Um, I, don't, I, I don't get it. I don't get the excitement around it. Um, we already know who, you know, if you're a fan of a team, you already know who you're going to play. All you're finding out is when they're going to play it. It's almost like people don't realize them. Do you realize that we knew all along who you're going to play? 
All you found out was the date and the time today. But everybody acts like it's this big deal. It's all over Twitter. It's all over Instagram. So uh, congratulations to the NFL for <laughs> once again hitting the uh, marketing gold with, with the schedule release. You say congrats to the NFL. I'm gonna I'm gonna say congrats to the teams. Like this is their one opportunity for their social media teams to shine. And I do think that's one of my favorite developments over the last couple of years of schedule day is where some of these teams really stand out. The Chargers I cannot wait to watch what the Chargers do. I'm excited. But how do they even top last year? Like that's what I think the schedule day is about. It is true. I, I do love seeing what this it's become a thing, right? Yeah. Um it started a couple I think it started a couple of years ago. I, I, I remember the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, doing something really original, and like you said, the Chargers last year. So now it's like they all have to one-up each other. So there's <laughs> something about you know a bunch of 25-year-old content creators working for these teams, having their moment to shine. I think it's awesome because as a content creator myself, I, I love to I love to see the originality, the creativity, um, and it has become like a little bit of a competition, like bragging rights. So um, that you're right, that is a fun part of it. Just one of the additional events around the main event, which is coming up in a half an hour. Really quickly, uh, Sebastian Joseph Day, defensive lineman for the Los Angeles Chargers, has tweeted out saying he just saw the Chargers schedule release video. Ish is tough. He didn't say ish. But. <laughs> ish is tough? Yes. Yeah. So, I look forward to it. Uh, I got to check it out now. I didn't see it. So I'm, yeah. as soon as I get off, I'm going to check out what the Chargers did for their uh, schedule release video. Well, I think he got to look at it. We haven't got to see it yeah. yet. He got so to he, see the whole thing. Oh, it's going to come preview. out at 5. Okay, yeah. got it. So, got it, got it. When you were talking about this, it just hit me, and like I, I think we're done, right? We've turned as NFL, you know, people that cover the team and are around the team and the league and everything else. The league has run out of events to make massive, right? We've got the schedule, the draft, we've got you know free agency day. I don't think we have any more things we can turn into events. I hope I'm out of I'm out of I'm exhausted. Yeah, you think so, right? But I'm sure they'll have you know. <laughs> Fitting for our team's sweatsuit day coming up. I mean, they will find something uh, to market, and that, that's what the NFL does. But as, as somebody who covers the NFL and has for a long time, it's like you, you do want a minute. Sometimes you're like, can I, can I just get May and June to myself? I know, uh, you know, those are the only two months. Can I just have a minute uh, to regroup? And it, it just doesn't seem like they allow us to do that at this point. But, you know, and, and then I'm, I'm sitting there listening to all of the – games that are being leaked and i used to have christmas day i used to have that <laughs> now i don't ha i used to have black friday i used to have that day off now I, I just found out this year i don't have black friday off and i don't have off on uh, christmas day either so it's like it keeps encroaching on my time off or my few seconds that i have as an nfl reporter to myself it just it, i just might as well admit that i just belong to the nfl whenever they need me I, i'm just gonna have to cover their eight million events now, having just poo-pooed everything, I will say that there, there, is, there is a certain value in knowing, like, the order of the games in that, okay, my team has, like, three consecutive road games or, right, like, three consecutive divisional opponents, whatever it is. That, that, that does impact a little bit of how a season would go, right, to understand. I think it was, was it Warren Sharp was tweeting out the Giants might have, like, seven of their first ten games on the road somehow. Oof. Like, that's, that's something yeah. that's kind of valuable when you find out a schedule. It is valuable because it is tough to win on the road in the NFL. And it's, it's tough when you have a bunch of road games early on in the season if you're trying to find your mojo and get it into any kind of rhythm. Especially, you know, are you going west to east? Are you going east to west? Are you going all the way from coast to coast? There's so many things that factor in to uh, the success of a team on any given Sunday or Monday or Thursday or, you know, I'm sure it'll be Tuesday soon and Wednesday whenever they're going to add games. But, um, you know, for me, if you look back at the schedule – 
If you if you look back at years past at all these predictions where people were breaking down schedules, you know, like, oh, they have three road games. Um, that's going to be the murderer's row of their schedule. And you look back and maybe they won all three of those games because maybe they ran into Kansas City when they didn't have Patrick Mahomes. You know, or, you know, there's, there's so many factors that can happen. Um, or maybe, you know, they, they thought they were going to win three in a row because they saw the Jaguars on the schedule last year. Well, nobody knew the Jaguars are going to be good. Who's going to be that team this year? You might have seen the Seahawks last year on a schedule and said, well, yeah, that's a win. Uh, that, that's going to be an easy part of the schedule. They ended up being a playoff team. So it kind of, you know, all these predictions and strength of schedule and all the things that we hear right now really don't matter because we can't predict who's going to be good. We can't predict who's going to be hurt uh, week to week. We can't predict when teams are going to just be on a roll where they're just catching lightning in a bottle. So, yeah, it's fun to, it's fun to look at that and say, oh, that might be a tough part of the schedule. That might be a easy, oh, that's a win. But really, when you, if you look at what you predicted right now versus what really happened in the season, it's never the same. You, you just referenced it. I don't want to give you nightmares about this, but I have started to hear some talk, and, you know, you brought it up. Are we, We're going to have games every day within, like, 10 years, right? It's going to be seven days a week. It's the only thing people watch on television. Nobody watches anything except football anymore. So we have to do this every day. That's what networks want. <laughs> That's what the networks are saying. How can we – how much money, you know, can we pay the NFL to get their games on our air? Um because you're right. I mean, it's, it's alarming when you look at the ratings for, you know, all television shows. The NFL is, I mean, millions and millions and millions of viewers above any other hit TV show that there is out there. So it is TV gold as far as having those rights. But the problem is, I mean, the NFLPA is, is going to have to put the kibosh on it because at some point you're not going to have enough healthy players. Just it's hard enough for players to play on Thursday. I mean, are you still going to have a 53-man roster? How many people are you going to allow to dress? If you're going to expand these things, and then all of a sudden, do we have XFL players on the roster now because they're the only ones available on a Tuesday? I mean, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense from a logistical standpoint with understanding the violence of the sport and the, um, you know, the amount of time that players need to recover to even be ready to play from Sunday to Sunday, let alone Sunday to a Thursday. Well, now is it, oh, we play on Thursday, and then they play again on Tuesday? Well, what is it going to become? Um, I think the NFLPA will be pretty steadfast. And, and when, once you do, the reason why the NFL is so successful, it's the only sport where there is um, a massive, uh, massive demand and very little supply, right? You've got 17 weeks, and you've got one game. Like, if it's your team, you've got, they play once a week. It's not like the NBA. It's not like the NHL. It's not like baseball that has 162 games. Um, they've kept the supply very low. Once you start to add to the supply, it's basic economics. You know, the, the quality will go down, the demand might go down, because you're putting a poor product out on the field. So I do think the NFL is smart enough to not do that, but I was surprised to see them add a Black Friday game. I mean, I get it from a marketing standpoint. It sounds genius from the Amazon Prime side and their deal with Amazon. Um, but they... One of the antitrust laws, you know, one of the agreements to, you know, for them to not be a monopoly is they've got to leave Friday nights and Fridays alone. They don't want to compete with high school football. Well, they found a way around that. They're just going to have a day game. <laughs> Assuming most people, well, you know, I'm from like the D.C. area. We don't have night games. Yeah. Uh, high school football plays during the day. So, you know, it, it's, um, it, it is, it's amazing to me that the NFL can do what it wants and seems to uh, get bigger and bigger and more lucrative and more lucrative. But at some point, players' health and safety um, is going to be at risk if you keep adding games. 
Only got about a minute left, but uh, we're seeing some Raiders games trickle out, some primetime spots. Uh, how excited are you about the offseason the Raiders have had? I'm excited. You know, I, I want to see what happens on paper. I still have, you know, I still have some concerns about the secondary. Um, I do love that they, you know, I think the front end and the back end work together on defense, and I love that they, they bolster the defensive line with uh, Tyree Wilson. Um, so I think that's exciting. But I still do think there's a lot of holes uh, in the defense, especially at, at linebacker, and then, you know, uh, really not having a, a shutdown corner in a, in a year that, speaking of the schedule, you're facing – the NFC North and the AFC East. So you're going to be facing not only your own division, uh, plus you're facing the Colts, by the way. So you might be facing Anthony Richardson. Uh, you're definitely facing Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you've got Pat Mahomes twice, of course. you got Josh Allen twice, and you've got Tua. So, like, I'm worried about the secondary. I'm not going to lie um, with, this, with this schedule that they have this year. Um, I think the offense is going to be exciting. I'm really looking for. I really love uh, the second-round pick. Uh, the tight end. I think that is a huge addition. That was my favorite pick uh, next to Tyree Wilson. So I, I like the draft a lot. I just have a little bit of concerns about holes on on defense, and I have a little bit of concern about Jimmy Garoppolo, who hasn't played more than 12 games each season the past two seasons. I just, If he can stay healthy, I think they have a really good shot at it being competitive in a very wide-open division. You know, We don't know what the Broncos are going to do. We know what Kansas City is going to be. Uh, we always expect the Chargers to be competitive. So I like the offseason. Let's see it. I'm excited to see Dave Ziegler and, and Josh McDaniel's plan that they've now had like a year and a half to work on Amber, come to fruition. We appreciate mm-hmm. a couple of minutes. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having me Do you get more of a generic answer than that? It's going to be a hell of a night on week 11. Joe Buck, excited for a Super Bowl rematch between the Eagles and the Chiefs. It'll be a good game. We knew they were going to play, though. Right. Like you, hit, you, you hit I mean, if... If we had a, a situation where there was a schedule release and you had no idea who was going to be on the schedule, this day would be wild. They should do. I mean, wild. if they want more of these days, that would be great, right? To somehow hide who their opponents are going to be. Oh, you could do like one a day. Oh, they would. They could for the off season, like one team a day or something. Like, well, because no, eventually, game. yeah, because eventually, <laughs> or it'd be one week a day. Okay, that'd be good. Yeah, over the course of two weeks, because eventually, if you do it by like team, you're able to piece together sure. what other schedules are. So, for example. You know, this, the Steelers schedule just allegedly leaked. Um, Pittsburgh week three for the Las Vegas Raiders. Can confirm. No, you can. I thought you didn't know. I mean, yeah. You didn't know that. How would I? Yeah, of course. There's no way that you knew or that you showed me. Um, I have another important date, by the way, that we can make something for the NFL. Coming up on May 15th, Rookie Football Development Program Day. Big day. No media though. You for for most teams. I mean, still, let's just should create it. Let's like build an first, NFL network set out there. The first day they're in there, like practice, rookies are practicing. I like, know. Oh, there's Anthony Richardson. Let's grab him real quick. Let's talk to him. Are you excited to be lectured about who are, parlays? Who are we talking to? Don't play him. I can't remember. If, uh, this is my life is just running. It's one big conversation right now. I don't even know what's what's real. I mean, what's on the air, what's not. I can't remember if this was on our show or I was listening to somewhere else or talking to somebody off the air that the rookie camp is pretty fascinating. And that often, like a lot of times, uh, uh, you know, scouts have been pushing for a guy like all offseason. And there are times where you know within one practice, like, oops. Oh, I'm sure. And, and like, so apparently it's a it's, – the rookie camp is a huge day for scouts that are – that go and watch. Finally, and then, my guy's here. Please look okay. Please yeah. look okay. Like, don't be terrible, <laughs> which is a wild thought. But you can definitely see it. And I – 
especially if it's like a high round guy. It's like your second or third round pick, and you like you're you as a scout have just been fighting for it, like like zero dark thirty type, like writing his name on the window every five seconds. Like I, we need him. I don't think I've talked about this on the air, but I, I guess I will. Myself and another media member, I'll, I I don't know if he wants to outsell it. Um, we were watching offensive line drills, the the rookie camp for the Raiders of twenty twenty one, and looked at each other and said, "Has Alex Leatherwood ever played football before?" <laughs> that is a conversation that happened, and we were told by you know some other veteran reporters that were around. You guys just think everything's terrible. You hate everyone. You think everything sucks, which is true. But we just kept every day would say, he doesn't, he doesn't, his footwork's terrible. The coach tells him to step this way. He steps that way. He looks lost on every, like, what is happening? So, like, that sometimes it is reporter? pretty clear. Is his name rhyme with Timmy? I said, I said many veteran oh, okay. reporters. Oh, okay, okay. Would be like, you know, mad at us, saying we're just judgmental. Oh, you thought the pick was bad, so now you're going to back it up with. But but honestly, now, listen, with. Uh, you guys were wrong, huh? Tyron Johnson, <laughs> we thought was the greatest player that's ever walked the earth, and he got cut. So, I mean, you never know. But, uh, yeah, in that case, it was you, it was one practice. You said, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. That does have to be a crazy feeling to walk out there, oh. spend a high asset on Could somebody. Could you imagine for a GM? Two practices. You know who it was? Like, oh. It was Mike Mayock. He said mean? it. He said it on a podcast that I was listening to. That's who was talking about the scouts. Who mm. the scouts watch the first practice of rookie camp more closely than they watch any other practice because they're like, I hope the guy that I have advocated for isn't as bad as you know as possible. Like, I hope he looks okay. Is that the same podcast where he said, "I always take credit for my failures," but then also said that John Gruden had the final say in every player? Maybe that was the same podcast. Okay, I like that. Everybody was like, "See, Mayock owns it up," except. He kind of didn't when you really look at what he said in that podcast. All right, when we come back, Brad Powers is going to join us. Get his thoughts. Uh, it's a topic that I've been talking about quite a bit, the uh, the bleeding of sports media into sports betting. Get us up on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Brad Powers. No namesake of the program, Steve Cofield. He's off in – I don't, actually don't even know where he's at. I haven't talked to him for like a week. He just asked me to come in on Thursday and Friday. So. Do you not really? Or We're not supposed to say it apparently. We're, okay, we're Ari not. Ari dumped not out when promo? I said it, but it's been, on, it's been on social media. Okay, so I haven't paid attention. You know who did know? Isabel. Really? She like she hit me with it from social media. Yeah, I guess. I guess she. I was. You know, I always say. I'm always going to say Steve's significant other's name, but I don't know if I'm allowed to or not. So. It's that so. Okay, all right. Uh, Brad Powers is with us. Brad, we appreciate the time. Um, I wanted to ask you this. So I've been more and more fascinated with like sports betting content becoming more prominent in mainstream media, and I had a I got a doozy cross my screen the other day. Uh, Michael Wilbon was asked if he was surprised that the Lakers are co-favorites to win the title. This isn't an NBA question. This is a sports betting question. But he said, quote, not really. Vegas is a fickle little weasel and will just go whatever direction the latest game takes it. There's no conviction in this thing. That's clearly coming from an uneducated <laughs> right? like that's, stance. He doesn't understand that, of course, like with every win, your probability of winning the finals is going to improve. But what do you make of just this? This thought that now mainstream media is starting to include sports betting content more, but some guys like Wilbon, he's hardly the only one, kind of refuse to learn a little bit more about it. Doesn't it defeat the purpose of including sports betting content? Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, in the case of Will Bottom, you're going to get your old heads that are just, you know, they're set in their ways and they're not going to change at this point in their careers. I guess, I mean, but that was a very uneducated response by him that you'd expect more out of somebody that was, I believe, a Northwestern grad. But I look, I know you're fascinated by sports betting content in the mainstream media. I'm not. I've kind of, you know, it was cool when it was hush hush, wink wink, like Musburger and Al Michaels might make mention. Uh, I just think there's so much ignorance out there that uh, I, I kind of turn off by it, to, to be honest with you. I mean, here we are, we're entering year six. I think it's been five calendar years, but it'll be six football seasons coming up, and I just don't see a natural progression in, in, in the education, the IQ level, a lot of the people that, that, that aren't living and dying in this industry on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, I think, because like, I would agree with that, I feel like, if there's going to be so much, this ties into the advertising thing, right? Because a lot of people are sick of the advertising. I feel like if you're going to advertise a lot more, you should at least either start to force your host to get a little bit more familiar with it or hire people that can at least give you a base of knowledge that can talk about it in an educated sense, right? Like, you don't, I don't need picks and like selections, but I need you to understand, like, you know, one of the things that was fascinating, Brad, was so for a couple of days, uh, Charles Barkley, right? They do these same game parlays. They had him at 14 and 15 on these same game parlays at like average odds of five to one. And they were giving him crap for a losing record. And I was like, you realize if this is accurately priced, he's been absolutely destroying this thing. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty. And that's it, it was his record actually 14 and 15. Cause that would be an unbelievable record for, for the same game parlays. I mean, I would have guessed one in 15. <laughs> yeah, right. Me too. So here's the thing. And this is, this is something I've been tracking the last couple of days. So it turns out that the other day they gave him a win on a same-game parlay, even though one of the legs, Anthony Davis, 25 or more points, he only scored 23. So now now my world has crumbled, and I feel like they're not grading these properly, and I have no idea what to think anymore. A tale is, now they're starting to get it. Tale is old, uh, old as time, topping up uh, a little bit pony records and plating that the win percentage. <laughs> there you go. Great, great observation. Uh Big day for you in, in the world of the NFL schedule release? Are you fired up for this? Is there some opportunities out there or just another day in the office? Uh, no, I mean, opportunities. Uh, I mean, people are quick, uh, I mean, to say the least, when, when it comes to, to betting this. But the, we got some lines out uh, on some week one games, Detroit-Kansas City. Uh, fun to see that, Kansas City laying seven. Uh, swept away quite, quite a bit already, but uh, the Jets were catching three at home to Buffalo. Uh, that, that line was probably off at least a couple of points. Uh, and, you know, people have attacked that and then some with some bigger. And the Jets are their lowest pick at, at uh, Westgate right now. But, yeah, uh, you know, I'm just as we are doing this right now, it looks like Bet Online has put a line out on all the games right now. So, uh, yeah, there's opportunity. Uh, you know, I'm not saying you get five figures down, but, I mean, if you're an originator in the NFL, it's a great day. All right, just talk for like five minutes. We have to go run and make some bets yeah, on right. <laughs> In all seriousness, I'll ask this because we were talking about like, because I've been kind of crapping on it, like who cares, it's a schedule, whatever. Is finding out like the the order of games in terms of like home-to-road splits, and you know one of the big ones is that apparently the Giants will have seven of their first ten games on the road. Does that impact like I would think like maybe the juice on some of these win totals, right? Like if you were t- if you had uh, Giants eight and a half over minus one twenty-five, you find out that seven of their first ten games are on the road. All right, let's flip that to like eight and a half under minus one twenty-five. Ooh, I don't know if it's slipping that much, but okay. yeah, I I definitely don't think anything's getting moved to half a win. I'll put it that way. Yeah, 
can, can I see a win total move 20 cents maybe off, off, off of, you know, the order of the games and whatnot? Yeah, certainly I could see that. Or a position that you're looking to bet and, and then you actually see it in front of you. I, I just, I'm old school. You got to see it, put it in front of you, look at the entire schedule and have it right there. I think it helps some people when it comes to season win total bets, but I know a lot of guys that have already attacked the market and then some already, not even looking at the order of the games. I don't anticipate too much movement. I, I don't, I mean, after they get bet into it, you're just a major move in the NFL. I mean, I'm talking throughout the course of a summer is a move and a half win. It's a pretty tight market. So let me, I haven't been able to talk to you, so maybe Cofield asked you this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. What did you, do you have anything on what the dynamic will be for Jacksonville when they have to play consecutive games overseas? Is that like a benefit for them having to wait for an opponent to come over? They're both East Coast opponents that they're going to face. Is it, hey, you know what, this actually ruins their entire thing because they got to spend two weeks in a foreign environment? How do you think that affects Jacksonville having to play two consecutive weeks overseas? So I think, and this is just me spitballing, personally I think it might be a positive. We've seen teams like West Coast teams in recent years stay on the East Coast, and they have kind of like a mini training camp. They don't have any distractions, you know, no honeydew chores or anything like that. It's just you can focus on football. So the fact that they've obviously got, got, you know, more games in Europe than anybody over the last decade helps them a little bit. Uh, But but I think it's a slight positive. So, uh I would, uh, you know, obviously you're, you're slanting them about a half point or so home field uh, advantage in that instance. How, how much in, in general, like, do some of these schedule dynamics matter, especially this early? Uh, that's really one of the only things we can go on, right, because we know the matchups, we know where that's going to be. But some of the scheduling dynamics of, you know, multiple road games or, you know, two back-to-back East Coast games, that sort of thing, really is almost all we can look at at this point. Yeah, I, I would say that. Uh, you know, and obviously you've seen that the, the tweets that are out there, the amount of miles traveled, even though it seems like Seattle and Miami are always going to be topping that list just because they're so far away from even a single uh, other NFL team. But that all gets factored in. And again, I'm not sure at this point it means even a half win, just a, you know, a little bit on the juice. Uh, I think what happens is people, uh, you know, if you're not, if you don't get the early numbers, what you're looking for in training camp, obviously injuries. You know, you're looking to take advantage of that. But at this point, I just think it gets. You know, I think there's some paralysis by over analysis when it comes to the NFL. It's not like college football, where we could see a win total move a full game, maybe even some you know extreme instances, two games on a 12 game schedule. All right, so I don't know if you saw this because this just crossed over for me. So and it came out about a few hours ago. Headline: Firm launches gambling integrity hotline. A sports integrity monitor launched a tool Thursday to help athletes, coaches, and staff to anonymously report suspicious activities about gambling activity to regulators and law enforcement. The tip hotline, Athlete Alert, powered by Real Response, was announced by U.S. Integrity, a sports data integrity company that played a role in the ongoing investigation in the University of Alabama baseball team. So if I'm an opposing coach, I'm calling this hotline and making everything up possible to maybe yeah. get somebody suspended, correct? <laughs> yeah, or, or teaching you know the, the qualities of being a rat. Uh, on your own teammates. I, I, I mean, I look, I, I mean, obviously I don't like betting on your own sport, but I, I think the punishments are going to be handed out on some of these people for randomly betting an NBA game or something like that, I, I think are a little ridiculous. So uh, we'll see. Good luck to them. Uh, hopefully, hopefully it works out. But, yeah, well, why not uh, you know, call in as an anonymous tipper and say that there's some shenanigans going down there in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> Brad, on a, a random side note, are you going to take a vacation? Or I still see you posting college football clips all the time. Oh, you watched how many spring games? 
61. Yeah. I will take my uh, cross-country trip uh, in July, where I'm going to on docket as 26 different college stadiums. That still feels like work. Yeah, a little bit. I don't know. I, <laughs> I'm workaholic. I mean, some people, you know, like other, uh, you know, substances and whatnot. My substance abuse is college football. Are you? Are these new stadiums, or have you seen all these before? No, I've never, not seen them. So I'm going to do uh, ACC, SEC country in the Carolinas, Georgia, and whatnot. I'm not seeing a single one of them. Uh, so, yeah, it'll all count towards the, the, the running tally, which is in the 40s right now. So I'll, I'll be over half of all college football stadiums after this trip. What, I would say, what is, what is the favorite one that you've seen, and what's the top one that you want to see? Oh, wow. Let's go. Uh, that's a great question. I, I can find positives in all. I would say the most, one of the most unique was uh, LSU because of the Mike the Tiger habitats like right there by the stadium. And I would say a lot of zoos across this country would be jealous for that tiger habitat that wow. they have for Mike. So that was probably the most unique thing that I've seen at a college stadium. Was it, was it Kansas that had a cement lot and it was only protected by, like, a spindly fence? Yeah, I mean, Kansas looks like a, you know, a d- dilapidated high school stadium. I mean, it's big and stuff, 50,000, but, I mean, it, that was, look, I have a lot of positives to say about most, even some G5 schools. Uh, Kansas, I didn't have much positive. Yeah, I mean, it was, quite frankly, a dump. <laughs> yeah, I think Brad would put you to shame, Adam, when he's tweeting about uh, Nevada kicker Brandon Tolton. I think that's, that's probably uh, probably got a problem. You, it sounded like you. It sounded like you liked uh, Reno the other day. Well, I like him. The top two wins that they had. I mean, they entered the season on a ten-game uh, losing streak. I think they'll end that. But uh, I'm thinking still four and eight for Reno and uh, UNLV. UNLV is a team that to look out for as far as you know, flirting with bowl eligibility. I mean, that, that's a big deal around here. They've only been to what two bowl games in the last quarter century. Yeah. How much do you improve power ratings at all after watching spring games? That's a really good question. Most of the time, zero. Uh, maybe I'll finagle a little half point or so. I think there was one team I bumped up like three points, that team being Cal, just because I wasn't familiar with what they had coming back. But more importantly, I think they significantly upgraded a quarterback, and I wasn't aware of it. Uh, they got a transfer from TCU, very mobile kid, a great athlete. It's just something they haven't had at the quarterback position the last you know, five, six years. Brad, we appreciate some time. Uh, make sure you go get rested up. You only got about four minutes until NFL schedule release. I know you'll be all over it. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Brad Power 7 up on Twitter. I think he has more fun with us than Steve Cofield. I'm just going to say it. We're just more fun people. I mean, that's, it's really true. I think Steve like throws some questions at him and puts a lot of stuff on him that he's just like, come on, Steve, back up, relax. <laughs> Okay. Too hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, all right, coming up here in a couple of minutes, we're going to have the NFL schedule release, uh, the entirety, of course, of the I'm NFL Raiders very schedule. Very excited. Um, I'm more excited. I think you brought up a really good point. I'm more excited to see what some of these social media teams are going to do yeah. for some of these releases. And I will say the Chargers tried something earlier today or, like, the other day, trying a little too hard to uh, live up to the reputation from last year. They did a thing where they released their opponents, but like also as, as pop tarts. I saw it. It was not good. That was not good social media. The Ravens either. have uh, old bay seasoning on it. I I kind of felt uncomfortable about that one. Okay, you don't, you wouldn't need it. Well, it's not even that. I just I is Baltimore it. affiliated with Old Bay? I thought a hundred percent. I thought yes. Old Bay was like a South. Thing. I thought you were a chef. No, I thought Old was, Bay is crab. That's a Baltimore well, spice. I thought it was like a Southern thing. It's literally the only thing I know about cuisine. It's not like a Southern thing. No. 
No. I feel Old like it's Bay's too north. Crab. Well, I get that, but I just don't affiliate Baltimore, Baltimore with it. With crab? No, not with crab. With Old Bay. I assume I, when I see old, I think of the South. Old Bay. Okay. You know, there's a lot no, of bays in the South. It's incorrect. You know it's what I mean? Definitely a Maryland thing.